Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Pillar today. Chris Parliament makes an appearance later in the episode when we meet your sends abroad. We've covered them a lot over the last week, but now you will meet one by one the players that will represent former Senators in the play-in series, which starts in less than 24 hours from this recording. We're going to get into all that. The Sens have a new member in their front office. And is there a date set for the return of the Belleville Senators? All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Friday, July 31st. Pillsy, so much to get to today. But first things first, when the Belleville Senators back in action? Well, Ross, it's looking like early December is when uh, we're going to see Belleville try to pick up after their momentum of last season. I mean, still, I'm still so sad that they didn't get the chance uh, for that playoff run. It was going to be good. We were going to be at every playoff home game working it, but... It's good that they have a date now. We have something we can look forward to. And I'm assuming the NHL is going to be right around uh, the same start date. So that's going to be uh, great. The NHL is scheduled December 1st as the tentative date for the 2020-2021 season. Um, So it would go really well, especially, you know, guys get sent down. They go to their minor league camp a couple days later. You'll keep a guy or two. Maybe they'll miss the first game of the American League. But it seems like they want to be on parallel lines and very close to it. So tons of excitement there. Um, We don't know what Belleville will look like, especially you got to think the two top scorers, Josh Norris and Drake Batherson, will be competing, if not penciled in already, to the Ottawa lineup. Uh, What are you expecting from Belleville next season? Are you still going to see a young team that, that is expected to excel and make a run at the Calder Cup? Oh, yeah. I mean, this team's going to be a Calder Cup contender again next season if anything they might be stronger with all these uh, prospects and picks coming in here so I'm expecting another strong season and another season of Joey Decord in the pipes that's gonna look good yeah I'm glad you mentioned Joey like 15 wins in 24 games as a first year full-time pro Um, it's gonna be awesome to see his growth and then plus the stable of prospects because look we focus on the top two picks and rightfully so third and fifth overall but the Sens have four second-round picks, two more in the third round. Like you're going to be adding a lot of guys. Not that, not to say that any will play in the AHL right away, but it does add that extra layer of depth into the organization. That if they're not already playing in the American Hockey League, well, they're going to sense the fire coming from under their asses because there's guys that want their that job sooner rather than later. Yeah, and that's what makes it so exciting. That's I think that's a big reason why we love the Belleville Senators because there's so many moving parts that come along with an AHL team. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ottawa uh, had the record for transactions two years in a row. So lots of movement going on there. I just really hope that uh, the the core pieces of Belleville that are still working, still developing. I'm, I'm talking about guys like uh, Abramov, Parker Kelly, guys like that. I hope they continue. Do you think the... Formanton is back for the full season? Okay, there. I was going to say, I think he'll start in Belleville, but I don't think he'll stay there. I think he'll uh, start there. Some pieces will be moved at the deadline. Roster spots will open up. Or 
Man, the way Formington was playing last season, he might force their hand and he might be up before Christmas. Well, I mean, geez, I guess that's that's only a couple weeks into the season, so I'll change that to... No, you uh, keep that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll call him up that quick, but I think after two two months in the AHL, if Formington is lighting it up like he did and he's playing defensively responsible, they're going to have to call him up. Well, quick has always been synonymous with Alex Formington, so don't be surprised if the guy who scored 27 goals as a rookie in the American Hockey League, manages to speed his way up the 401 to Ottawa. All right, we got to get, speaking of Ottawa, they've made a couple hires. Uh, according to Graham Nichols at Sixth Sense, a former guest of the show, he is reporting that the Ottawa Senators have hired Tom Hoof as the new VP of Marketing. He was the same position and game entertainment as well with the Arizona Coyotes. That's what he's been doing the past three years. Um, and that's not all. There's another one, and that's Jeff Morender. Um, he was the, or he will be the executive VP of ticketing, sales, and services. Uh, he also, shocking, Pilsy worked for the Coyotes as their executive VP of ticket sales and strategy for the past seven seasons. Of course, the obvious connection is to new senators. What would you even call him? President of, of business operations, I want to say, um, and that's Anthony LeBlanc. But Pilsy, is the Arizona Coyotes really the team you want to be poaching their marketing staff from? Well, from what we know, they don't like uh, when you poach employees from them unless they're given clear compensation. But if they're looking for compensation, I don't think the Senators are the team they should be going after here. But all jokes aside, you talked about how they did the marketing. Well, I think that's a good idea to at least bring so someone new in from the NHL for this marketing with the rebrand going on. Because I don't know how much he was involved in the whole Kachina uh, kind of renaissance, but I love those jerseys. And uh, if they can have any sort of output and marketing scheme like they did with those jerseys, bringing back the Sens old retro ones, I think it's going to be a good match for him and the Ottawa Senators team. To your point, uh, Mitch Brule on Twitter saying, do John Chaka next as the Sens are at a run of grabbing um, management people from the Arizona Coyotes. So a little Sens news on a summer day as we get into what will be an extremely exciting stretch of hockey, Pilsy. Uh, we've already covered them in depth all week long. We did our East preview on Tuesday, our West preview on Thursday, dropped day early. So make sure you subscribe that way. Um, you can get it first before we tweet The real it out. fans got that one. Exactly, and that was a little treat for you. Definitely not a miscommunication. We are always on top of our game here at the Locked On Senators podcast. So it's not only the Senators that have a lot of management move around. The Arizona Coyotes have so many moving parts in their front office, and you have a lot of moving parts in your vehicle. And sometimes they don't always work. And when that's the case... You have to get it fixed. But let's say it's your engine control module or your brake parts. You don't want to risk driving to any sort of store to get your appliances and parts that you need. So how great is rockauto.com? Just knowing that they deliver it directly to your door, it's an unbelievable asset for that company. And you couple that. Pilsy, I know you were looking at it the other day. Their website is so easy to navigate. When you have all the parts that Rock Auto provides and you have a website that's easy to get through, you can find what you're looking for. No matter what make, model, or what you're looking for for your car, you can find it at rockauto.com. We love them. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals 
and do-it-yourselfers. Rhetorical question time, Pilsy. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? It literally makes no sense. Cut the price in half. Do what you please. Some leisure money for you with the other half. Look, just go to rockauto.com. See the catalog for yourself. It's so easy to navigate. Prices are always reliably low. It's I can't stress it enough. All we ask is when you're checking out, go to Locked On in their How Do You Hear About Us box. That's at rockauto.com. They've got amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, we've covered this in depth, but we need to welcome them to the COVID Cup playoffs. So here they are, your Sends Abroad. Let's welcome your 2020 COVID Cup Sends Abroad starting lineup. In goal for the Dallas Stars, Ben Bishop. Bishop played 23 games in Ottawa between 2011 and 13, earning an 11-8-2 record with a 247 goals against and 917 save percentage. In between the pipes for the Golden Knights, Robin Leonard. You may remember him from his incredible 2011 Calder Cup run with Bingo, as he was the playoff MVP, looking to continue that playoff success with the Golden Knights. Starring on your blue line, he wears two threes and the C for the Bs. Zadino Chara made an immediate impact after being considered a throw-in when Ottawa moved Yashin to the New York Islanders. With sentence between 2001 and 06, Big Z compiled 146 points in 299 games played with a plus 109 rating. That's the best in the NHL over that span. From the Winnipeg Jets, Dylan, don't call me Gino Retta, DeMello. He had a short but sweet stint in Ottawa after coming over in the Carlson trade in 126 games with the Sens. Mello was somehow a plus two on some teams that, well, were uh, pretty below average. He was also a content king during his time here. Friggin' rights, Mello. And now, we head over to Colorado for one of the most legendary Ottawa Senators in franchise history, Ian Cole. Sure, he wasn't here very long. He's looking to go all the way with the Avalanche in the Western Conference. Cody Cece in Toronto was drafted by the Sens 15th overall in 2012 and played 440 games with Ottawa between 2013 and 2019. Now moving to forwards, Mike Hoffman with the Florida Panthers was the best pure goal scorer to come through Ottawa over the last number of years, compiling 18 best 107 goals in 342 games between 2011 and 18. Unfortunately, his exit overshadowed some of his accomplishments here, but we'll always have Tyson Jackson Hoffman Game 6. The Ottawa Senators are currently looking for an elite number one centerman. Too bad they traded one away years ago. Mika Zabanejad on Broadway. He has been lighting it up. DJ Zbad, 149 points in two seasons. How about that? The man who should be wearing the C in Ottawa in the nation's capital was sadly gambled away on a bad trip to Vegas. 
drafted 178th overall in 2010. Stone compiled five straight 20-goal seasons here, finishing his seven seasons in Ottawa with 311 points in 366 games played, and I don't even want to count the takeaways. Ryan Zingo was drafted 204th by Ottawa in 2011 and didn't make his NHL debut until five years later. With the Sens from 2015 to 19, Zinger had 126 points in 247 games, including two 20-plus goal seasons. He also scored a huge goal in Game 7 of the 2017 Conference Finals. Matt, I just want to play in the playoffs. Do Shane. Finally, he's got some playoff action. He was one of the most electric Ottawa Senators in a useless time, but looking to put up points with the Preds now, Matt Duchesne. My chains out for Kyle Turris, who came to Ottawa in 2012 with many question marks, but left six years later, a leader who gave the Sens fans many thrilling moments. Turi is the ninth in team history for playoff points and scored three overtime game-winning goals, but that's not even mentioning the best work he left in Ottawa with the Condors. Derek Broussard out on Long Island spent two seasons in his hometown with the Sens where he racked up 77 points over 139 games, but his lasting legacy is from the 2017 postseason. Big Game Brass lived up to his nickname, finishing fourth in team scoring with 11 points during that magical run. J.G. Pajot, the man who invented the greatest pre-game meal with two chicken farms, turning it into four goals. That's absolutely sick. He's one of the last of the Sens franchise to leave this team with the Islanders. He has struggled. Can he put this team on his back up against the Panthers? Just wait and find out. With the 28th overall pick, the Senators select Nicky Fliggs. While playing with the Senators, he played five seasons from 07 to 2012, recording 148 points in 557 games. He is now your captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Tyler Ennis out in Edmonton spent just a part of one season with the Sens, but scored 14 goals in 61 games. It's the most points he had had in a year since 2015. If he's to put with Dry Saddler McDavid, expect him to rack, 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 rack up the points in Edmonton. Jason the Spez Dispenser Spezza, when he went to the heart of enemy territory, it made us all want to puke. But he is going as a veteran in this young team, leading them against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was an all-time epic senator, point-per-game guy. Good luck, Jason. All the way in from Denver, Vladimir Namaste game and went during the 2019-2020 season with a fourth round pick going the other way each time. He had 25 points with four short-handed goals in just 54 games in the nation's capital. Alex Chase saw he was with the Sens for two forgettable seasons from 2014 to 2016 where he had 40 points in 153 games. His best work however came in 2018 with the Washington Capitals where he won the Stanley Cup. Your third string goaltender as voted by Sen Central fans on Twitter, Brian the Moose 
Elliott in Philadelphia. If Kata Hot doesn't have the hot to take them all the way, you can rely on the moose in between the pipes. That is your 2020 COVID Cup Sends Abroad. All right, boys, that was fun. Go to Send Central on Twitter if you want a coherent analysis of each of those <laughs> players. We even threw a nice photo of each of them with a Sens jersey. All right, Pilsy, I know that you think it's Mark Stone, but Parley, coming to you, which of these Sens abroad has the best shot at the 2020 Cup? You know, the 2020 Cup almost turned into the 2020 de facto Cup because we didn't know if we were going to get more hockey, and the team that was leading it all when it all came to a halt was Big Z's Bees, and I think he's got a chance to lift the cup. This team was that close last year. They might do it this year. Yeah, I'm actually going to stick with uh, with Pilsy. I think Vegas is my choice as well. I have Philly coming out of the East, so um, maybe we'll give a little nod to Brian Elliott, although if they do win the cup, I don't think that he will see the net at all. That being said, I think Philly's just built for the playoffs. I'm, I'm really excited to watch them throughout Vegas, though, man, can you guys imagine Mark Stone's reaction if he wins the Stanley Cup? I hope he's on the bench and just fist pumps once. Well, we've seen that before when this goal got allowed <laughs> there in New York. I think it's going to be a complete yard sale um, with Mark Stone, just Mr. Expressive. Watching Mark Stone score a goal or watching Mark Stone on the ice while his teammates score a goal is just pure elation. So when he wins it all, um, I don't think there needs to be, yeah, I I don't think there needs to be a crowd in the stands for there to be some noise. Okay, cool. So we mentioned Stanley Cup champions, which would incorporate them playing more games, but I'm going to put a a spin on this question. Which sends abroad will finish with the highest points per game? Wow. That one's interesting. I'm going to have to go with your boy, Pillar, and uh, Mark Stone there because I think if they go all the way, he's going to have a huge part in it. So I think if they do end up doing it, I think he's going to be a a big-time, big-time contributor. Well, points per game means what if a guy has a hot series, his team's out in three games, but if he has five points, you're looking at a guy who's going to be high up on the leaderboard. So I don't know how strategic that is. Guys who play more games, it's going to be more drawn out. That's why I'm going to go... A little bit off the board, maybe, although he's probably the best pure goal scorer. I'm going to say Mike Hoffman has himself a playoff. Uh, Looks like he's going to play on a line with Eric Howla and Jonathan Huberto. That's ninth in league scoring this season, Jonathan Huberto. That Panthers power play is lethal. I think he's going to get lots of points there. And Hoffman's my pick. And I'm going to throw a little shout out to Mika because Mika gets to play with the best player in the Eastern Conference in Artemi Panarin. So Wow, so I, Ross gets two picks and he takes mine. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, no problem, man. I just wanted to make things fair. I'm going to go with Matt Duchesne here. What? And not DeMello? No, not DeMello. I'm going to go with Matt Duchesne because I think he's going to really want to show that Nashville made the right move, pushing all those chips in to get him, especially after they missed on him with, in that trade that they got to Kyle Turris instead. I think he's going to be able to uh, get a lot of points with Roman Yossi if they're able to solve Kemper. So I'll go with Duchesne. Lots of points for Duchesne would probably mean lots of points for Kyle Turris. We mentioned that they're playing together. Parley, how cool is it that there's two sets of Sens abroad that are not only playing on the same team, because we know there's more than two in that situation, but Derek Brassard and J.G. Pajot play on a line together on the island. 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. I definitely think that Derek Broussard is going to be a guy who's not really controlling what's happening on his big line. Brass. And I think it's going to be thrown in beside a guy who had a pretty big game on Broadway against the uh, the Rangers there in Pajot. I think that's going to be a uh, I think that's going to be a line that's just going to be uh, moving their feet and contributing offensively as much as they can, but just driving the ship defensively. So we've discussed the players who will be playing not only on the same team, but the same line together. We talked about the favorites who we expect the biggest chance to win the cup is, but it's all about who to cheer for when it comes to Stanley cup playoffs. That's just as fun as the winners and losers. It's who's your horse in the race. So we want to ask you Sens fans, who are you cheering for? Not who you expect to win, but who would be the best story? So what I did, Pilsy, was look, try to envision each one of these guys lifting the cup. What would bring me the most joy? I think back to Ray Emery in 2013 with the Chicago Blackhawks. Watching him lift the cup was so much, so fun. And, you know, you think back, there's so many guys that played for the Sens and then went on to succeed. Who was your choice here before we get to the polls? Well, Actually, I know, the number one, it's so obvious. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit here, but I will save myself because I've said this all along. I think uh, we've asked this question in various different ways, but I've kept the same answer. I'm sticking with Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like I, I did the same exercise as you, Ross. I, I looked at the two guys and pictured them holding the cup, and when you got a guy like Mark Stone who is on the bench during an exhibition game and gets that excited about a teammate of his scoring a meaningless empty net goal, what do you think this guy's going to do when he gets it all, when he gets that coveted trophy that he's been working so hard for? It's going to be electric when Mark Stone lifts that cup. I guess I should say if Mark Stone lifts that cup. We rank them 1 through 20 in our locked-on rankings of, of who we'd like to see lift that Stanley Cup. Uh, Cody Cece came in 20th place, right behind Ian Cole. Uh, the top three, we had Stone first, Turris second, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot three. I think there's a, I thought at least, there was a bit of a gap after that, and then you could decide. But shockingly enough, like, Zbad just, dominated his way through. We actually, I thought he had the hardest first round matchup because he was up against Mike Hoffman, who I ranked a little lower, you know, with the exit and all that. He be, he just dominated the poll and it was 95% to 5% there. And he just kept it rolling and rolling all the way to the final where he is currently shockingly enough. He has 5% to Mark Stone's 95 is, is a being the, the second finalist, a bit of a surprise for you? Well, I think what uh, most people did when they were voting for Zibanejad, they're thinking how, about how lit that after party would be with DJ Zbad. He's holding the cup. He's he's doing his DJing. The place is going nuts. Panarin's going absolutely insane down there. Hank is looking like a god. That uh, New York Rangers team is just living it up. So I think that's where people uh, saw that and voted for Zbad. So Zibanejad's closest one came in the quarterfinals. He was up against Jean-Gabriel Pajot, 51.2 to 48.8%. That's about as close as it can get. I thought that Pajot's playoff history with Ottawa would have got him that extra push. But then you look at it from the side where a lot of people are cheering against the Islanders because that would mean the pick is better. So how much do you think that that played in? And would that be the same uh, for why Jason Spezza did not make it further, the Leafs effect? 
I'll answer that part first. I think the Leafs effect definitely uh, ruined former captain Jason Spetz's chances. Just the surprise of Jean-Gabriel Pajot not making it past the Banajad. I mean, he still made it to the third round, but... Yeah, I thought more people would be stoked for uh, Pajot. That's another guy who's going to be real excited uh, to lift that cup. And he probably will have three chicken parms before that Game 7 if that happens. Yeah, there's so many good storylines to follow. We're excited to get it all the way. Head to Sense Central. We just did quick polls, half an hour each. We just wanted a kind of a flash in the pan. But I think it's fair to say, especially with Robin Leonard went far in this as well. He made it to the third round against Kyle Turris. And that had to go to overtime through 45 votes, or 46 rather, of course, it has to be even because they tied exactly 50% each. So we had a quick overtime, but with Leonard making it that far and Mark Stone, the clear cut number one, 100% votes in the first two rounds and now 95% in the final. We gave him a buy for the other two with just the numbers being uneven. Um, is it official that the Vegas Golden Knights are Sens fans teams for this postseason? I think we can at least say they're the official team of the Locked On Senators podcast. We've we've all kind of said Vegas has been our pick in the West, at least. I think Parley still likes the Blues maybe a little bit yeah, better, but but Vegas is is my pick, and I've I've stuck with it all along. It's too bad uh, with Vegas if they win the Cup this year. Well, I guess Vegas, a lot of the stuff is open. The parties may not be as as crazy as they would in a normal time, but what a weird thing to think 10 years ago that a Vegas hockey team would win the Stanley Cup in 2020. Yeah, and already made the Cup final in 2018 if if it weren't for a horrible game-changing, series-changing, season-changing call in the first round against San Jose. How far could they have gone in 2019 as well? So this is officially a Vegas Golden Knights stand podcast. The Locked On Senators in brackets VGK and brackets podcast and we'll be fired up if you guys want i've uh, made a little chart here with my sends abroad uh just on a google doc so i know it's very niche but if you'd like to have the link to it just send us a dm at send central on twitter and i'll give you the uh, the link for that it'll be updated all the time just so we can keep track and know what's going on so enjoy the weekend of hockey i mean i know that we will pilsy and i will be socially distancing over a few of those games tomorrow and uh, I can't wait. I guess I'll, I'll end it with this. We know the series picks. We know that. But game one tomorrow, which one of those five matchups are you most looking forward to? The first one, Ross. And I think your answer is the same. Yeah. New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. We both got a couple shekels on the Rangers here. So hopefully they come out flying. And DJ Zbat uh, helps out the Locked On Senators podcast fans and scores a couple goals for us. Yeah, a little revenge time for Mika after we kind of ditched him for Mark Stone and maybe even ranked him too low to begin with. So, Mika, we're cheering for you. Please put some dollars in our pockets. Myself, Ross Levitan, Brandon Pillar, we're cheering for you, Mika, here on the Locked On Senators podcast where we've got your team every day.